Welcome once again, guys, to another episode of Before the Z-Wing podcast. My name is Stefan Arnold. With me, as always, is Travis, a.k.a. Good evening. Saboken. Good evening. Travis, how's it going tonight? It's going really well. Sweet. And how are you? I am doing wonderful. Hey, Travis, we, right now, episode six, we are going to do the Mandalorian series review for the season one. Mm-hmm. But first, I have an important question to ask you. Okay. Why does Baby Yoda love Casual Friday? Casual Fridays? Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Why? Baby Yoda loves Casual Friday because he is a Thai fighter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Hashtag Baby Yoda. Hashtag Baby Yoda jokes. Get it out there, folks. I've got more. Wait, I've got more. And some of them are even better, maybe. Maybe. Coming up later in the episode. So, Travis, let's talk about The Mandalorian coming out on Disney Plus all through episode eight now. We're done with the season. I don't think I could talk about this with a straight face after that joke. He's a tie fighter. <laughs> uh-huh. Get it? Ties. Ties. Yeah. Oh, you don't have to explain it. I get it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Hey. Mandalorian series review. Overall, mm-hmm. what'd you think? As a Star Wars fan, yes, I'm very happy. We don't watch TV at the house, so every once in a while, when we do allow ourselves to kind of get swept into an, some kind of episodic series, it takes a lot to keep my attention, and this one, it was awesome. Very happy. Yeah, it was uh, very interesting to watch, uh, to say the least, just being a well-produced, well-thought-out Star Wars series, which live-action series at least, which we haven't had in a while, so it was very interesting to see what they'd come up with as far as the Mandalorian himself as a title character and what uh, the Mandalorians themselves were um, are, are about. So we learn a lot more about them. Go ahead. We'll talk about that later. The history of Mandalore is, is definitely something that could probably be addressed because um, what's presented in this episode is not consistent with what we've seen before. It's quite a bit of time has passed since the last time we really dived into those characters, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sounds good. Yeah, the Mandalorian series takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, which are about 25 years before The Force Awakens. Yes. And after the Battle of Jakku, by the way, for those of you paying attention. Yes. After the Battle of Jakku, and now we just get this Lone gunman traveling the galaxy, mm-hmm. hired to capture slash kill bad guys. But, Travis, in episode two, we find a singular, perfect Star Wars character, so-called Baby Yoda. What was your first impression no, of Baby Yoda? Episode two. No, he was right in episode one. Was he? He was right at the end. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, yes, you're right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, you are totally correct. <laughs> dramatic pause uh, finally i won something no go ahead <laughs> yes i'm sorry he was in the end of episode one my bad yes but nonetheless what did you think first time you saw baby yoda holy crap who is that what is that he's totally cute yeah i, mean, I think like 
everybody else, I was surprised and blown away, but in all great ways. I mean, the second I saw that little hand and just the hint of those ears, I'm like, oh my God, did they really go this way? They're really going this way. Okay, now we're gone this way. And probably the biggest thing that kind of hit my mind was, wow, Dave Filoni really pushed it in the same fashion he does all the other shows that he pushes it. And kudos to him and John Favreau for just saying, hey, we're going to we're going to put this being in here and we're going to run with it. And they did, you know, because then there's this whole, well, how long are we going to live with this creature? Uh, the child, as they refer to it. How prominent is it going to be featured in the episodes here on out? It could have been an easy, like, wow moment that could have been played out in the second episode and then done. But um, once they became apparent that it was going to be around for a while, this instantly became comparisons to an old Japanese manga, Lone Wolf and Cub. And I think a lot of people were looking to that manga to like, okay, let's see if we can figure out how this story is going to unfold. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, by introducing that character and obviously the instantaneous response it got, um, even if they were planning on changing it, if they hadn't finished filming, which I'm sure they had anyway, but we're uh, stuck in a good way with Baby Yoda, as he's so-called. Of course, he is 50 years old. Being a species as Yoda, it is obviously not Yoda, but just terrific. Um, hey, Travis... You know, Baby Yoda once walked into a biker bar and the biker says to him, nice ink. Where'd you get it? Baby Yoda says, Tatooine. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's joke two, people. That's right. Um, joke two. Are you looking these up online or something? What's going on? I woke up at like midnight last night and all these jokes were coming to me and I like, Literally got up and started writing some of them down. These are completely original, to my knowledge, Baby Yoda jokes. So, let's continue. Beyond The Mandalorian itself, does Star Wars work as a television show? Well, I mean, for fans of Star Wars, it always has. Because since we got the Clone Wars series and then followed by Rebels and then Resistance, sure, absolutely, it's worked as a TV series. Um as but far it's as a live-action TV series, which has its own advantages and limitations. Do you think it works? I mean, we th you think The Man Mandalorian works as a show? Yes, absolutely, I, I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's a perfect season. Only eight episodes is a little rough, and uh, there's a couple episodes that were kind of weaker entries, but absolutely. And it kind of brought up this big question for a lot of people, like, hey... You know, Star Trek was very successful at being a serialized TV show, but there was always this question like, well, you know, Star Wars has always been a movie experience. Would it really translate as a television experience, say, like the Star Treks do? And then nowadays, I guess, to be compared, it's being compared quite a bit to Firefly. And resounding, absolutely. I mean, you know, George Lucas's original plan, according to him, was that he wanted Star Wars to be very much like the old serialized sci fi shows like Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, that kind of thing back when he was growing up. And he was kind of translating that same sort of motif through his films. But I think it's been quite a while that he's been talking about possibly producing a television show. But he was just waiting for the cost to go down and the effects to get to that level where it could be on par with the cinematic entries, still hold its own, and then be this episodic thing that, that could be released um, on a weekly basis. And I, I'm totally into it. I mean, I'm, I'm sad it's only eight episodes. You know, I want more. And we have to wait till November to get any more, according to what the trades are saying. The trades are saying November of 2024, season two? Yeah, they're filming it currently. 
as of the taping of this episode. Gotcha. Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me as an episodic version of Star Wars was I got I got the flavor of the old school Incredible Hulk show with Bruce Banner. Oh yeah. I know that's yeah, yeah. a very old reference for people who are not ancient like I am. <laughs> but that show Bruce Banner um as in the Incredible Hulk obviously the same character he would be going from town to town where he's being pursued by government agents trying to find the Incredible Hulk and harness his powers. And he would go to town to town and he'd help these different people out who would need help. And at some point he would turn into the Incredible Hulk and Lou Ferrigno would show up and he'd be all green. And then the government agents... And it was agents... a reporter who was chasing him down, wasn't it? It was a, a re- reporter who... Yeah. Reporter, Yes. But I think also the government was also involved as well, right? Right. And so then he would have to leave town because they would be hot on his trail again as he was seen as the Incredible Hulk. So, um, you know, just a, a simmering undertone for me. But that's that's what I thought on uh, some of these um, shows that are, you know, 35, 40 minutes long. It, it kind of gave me that that flavor. Does the does the Mandalorian rely too much on knowing the rest of the Star Wars universe to be successful, or do you think it works oh. as a stand uh, as, by itself? Does it rely too much? I guess is the question. Yeah. So I was actually thinking about that quite a bit when we said we were going to be doing this review, and I'm I'm kind of torn with that one. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because it really does a lot of. I mean, fan service stuff. Don't get me wrong, but um, I. I would say it does stand alone. I think if somebody hadn't watched any of Star Wars and this was their entry point to Star Wars and they're really just into TV watching, this would be a successful show to them. It may pique their intrigue to want to see, okay, well, I guess I missed... Maybe I'll go check out the rest of what this whole Star Wars thing is about. I guess the only thing that throws me into, well, maybe you do need to see what else has come before it. um, There's two things. Well, for me, it's all about that last shot in the season closer, the Darksaber. I don't know if you really need to know what the Darksaber is. I know a lot of people are like, okay, what is this thing? And did he make that? And there's a lot of history and legacy that goes into that. And again, I was I was talking earlier about the, the legacy of Mandalore, the history of Mandalore that has definitely been altered, um, but possibly will be explained as far as where these Mandalorians are now in this episode versus where we last left them off in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. <clears throat> well, Actually, Rebels I'm... is where we left them off, but... Let, let me jump in there. As uh, an average fan, if you don't know, I'm the average fan and Travis is the super fan. Um, let me ask you, okay, talk to me about this dark saber. You're talking about Moff Gideon's saber when he emerges from the TIE fighter? Yeah. Every single Star Wars property that I can think of, has, there has always been a lightsaber present. I mean, even in the Solo movie, there was a lightsaber. And a lot of people were wondering if there would ever be a Star Wars show that didn't have a lightsaber present at all. And, well, now we have a lightsaber. Well, technically we have a darksaber, so it's not a lightsaber, but it's the same kind of thing. What is a darksaber? We could do a whole episode on this. So, Yeah, sorry. Sorry, people. I'm new here. <laughs> so the darksaber was originally crafted by a person named Tar Vizsla way back in the Old Republic days, I believe. And he was the first Mandalorian Jedi. And that's why he created the, the Darksaber. And he created something very unique and different to symbolize the uniqueness of his culture. And way back then, I mean, we're talking thousands of years ago, the Mandalorian people were very warrior-like. 
And then there was a falling out between them and the Jedi, and there was a, a Jedi-Mandalorian war, I believe. The information that I'm telling you right now has mostly been relayed through a, a sequence in the Rebels cartoon series where they kind of do a backstory about it. Um, it is mentioned in the Clone Wars because one of the primary villains in there is using that Darksaber against the Jedi. So it, it keeps coming back. But the, the basis is this. Tar Vizsla, old Jedi a long time ago, he built it. He had it. Then there was a falling out between Mandalore and the Jedi. The saber was kept in the temple. The Mandalorians had ransacked the temple and stole it back. And it has since then been a symbol of uh, leadership amongst the Mandalorian people. So whoever carried the Darksaber pretty much was respected as the ruler of the Mandalorians. However, there was a period of time when Mandalore had stepped away from the warrior culture and they became a pacifist society. And this is during the time of the Clone Wars. So there was no warrior element to their, their society at all. It was very peaceful. But there were remnants of um, a very proud Mandalorian culture that wanted to bring that warrior class back. And they had possession of the Darksaber. And they became a terrorist group called Death Watch. And we see them in the final episode of Mandalorian, which is very compelling because in... The shows that we've seen them presented it before, they are true terrorists. They are killing innocent people. They are manipulating people. They are taking advantage of resources. They are not nice people at all. So to see them saving him, and so it's a it's a, a flip side to seeing how, how they're behaving. So mm. when this terrorist element kind of eventually took over, I don't want to spoil too much about Clone Wars, but they do rise up and they do take over. Yeah, wrap it up, they, wrap it up. They send Mandalorian to basically a civil war and... There's another very prominent villain who's from the movies who makes an appearance in there, and I don't want to spoil that for those who don't want to be don't want to know it. But he takes possession of the sword and rules over Mandalore for a brief time, and then he gets defeated. So, are um, you saying and, that? Let's bring it back to the Mandalorian. Are you saying that Moff Gideon may be the de facto leader of the Mandalorians now? No, because you know what um, the client says to him is very clear that Mandalore has the purge. Mandalore has been pretty much wiped out. Um, and so my guess is that Moff Gideon was probably a part of that purge. It, it sounds very much like it was an Imperial attack against Mandalore and they wiped out the rest of them. And Gideon probably took the sword as a trophy, not for the intention of taking over the Mandalorian people. And gotcha. he so, probably, cause he, he probably, was yeah. a former Imperial security bureau officer. Yes. His life got altered when the rebels destroyed the second death star. So. My that's, guess is that's, that's what yeah. I know. I'm reading on uh, Wikipedia right there, but so there's a um, there's so, a continuity yeah. thing going on with that because if you the last time we see in any kind of shows the last time we see the dark saber being used it's given to a character named Bo Katan Kreese, and uh, she takes up the sword to kind of reunify the Mandalorian people because they're they're being occupied by the Empire and this is all before A New Hope, so this is leading up to events just before Rogue One actually. And so the last gotcha. time we see this happen, she is trying to unify Mandalore, and so that's where the saber is. Now, this alleged purge that happens um, due to the Imperial expansion, as, as the client calls it, that has to happen after Rebels. Um, it has to happen in the time space between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. So this final purge that happens may have happened before the, the Death Star was blown up. I mean, the information you're reading right now, is, is it actually officially said that it happens after the fall of the second Death Star, or the destruction of the second Death Star? 
All it says is that Moff Gideon's life changed after the Rebels destroyed the second Death Star. Well, but that doesn't mean the let's, idea. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it up. Let's wheel it back into the Mandalorian. <laughs> Sorry, you asked. You did ask. I did ask. My mistake. I will never ask you anything ever again. <laughs> Except, oh, did no. you know that? No, 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 no. Baby Yoda was a is a big collector. He collects everything. Travis. He collects baseball cards, Hot Wheels, you name it. But he really wants to complete his collection of Durons. Why is that? Because then he will have all Durons. I'm being punished, aren't I? I'm being punished. You're punishing me for something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that is a great joke. I'm not saying it's not funny, but man. <laughs> Thank you. I laughed at that, and that's all that matters. And whoever listens, I hope you cracked a wry smile as well. All right, Travis. So we're liking The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. We think... Um, it works as a television show, even though it harken back, harkens back to some older shows, which is probably natural. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two things that I think that you, you kind of need to know about Star Wars that if you just jump into the Mandalorian, you may be confused about. And this is hard to miss uh, culturally in the last 20 years <laughs> or true. longer. But one is, who's Yoda? So who's Baby Yoda? And two is, what is the Force? If you're just coming into the Mandalorian and you see this baby Yoda, sure, he's cute, but you don't know what he is. And then in the episode two, where he uses the force against the Mudhorn, you may not know what that is. So I'm sure 90% or more of the people who are watching this show or have watched it are Star Wars fans. But I'm sure there are some people out there like, like, what's going on? Or like spouses or boyfriends or girlfriends of people out there like, What's he like? What's he doing with his hand? Like, what is that? So that's kind of interesting in, in that regard. May I disagree with you? Uh, sure. <laughs> so I, I, I utterly disagree with that. Um, you utterly totally, disagree I, that you need to know I, what the Force is and Baby Yoda is to have more of a clarification on the Mandalorian. Yeah, because I think the whole storyline that happens in these eight episodes is 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 brilliantly done as far as. It, it really does appeal to people who have no idea because the characters themselves saying, oh, I've heard of this, the ancient people called the Jedi using some kind of magic. And even the Mandalorian um, armorer, she says this too. So I actually think that's very fulfilled uh, from a story point of view. If, if you're coming into this new and you see this little green creature do this thing, and you're, like, that's, you're having the same wonder that the Mandalorian is having. What is happening? How, obviously, this child is doing something what did it do? Why is it doing it? And how dangerous can this get? So when the baby Yoda is doing the force powers on different things, you know, um, doing a choke hold on a Cara Dune, healing, um, I keep calling him Dylan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, yes. Didn't, didn't Durjin, the Mandalorian? No, uh, Carl Weathers' character. Oh, yes. Uh, Grief Karga. Grief Karga, yeah. <clears throat> but when you see the, the, um, the child... When it performs these things, we get to experience it as a fresh pair of eyes from people who are naive and don't know the history of the Jedi, don't know what Force users are. So I don't think that's actually violated at all. I think that somebody coming in brand new can totally enjoy that aspect because now they're wondering, okay, what what is the significance of this child? 
And why does it have these wizard powers? Everybody seems to be reacting like it has wizard powers, but nobody really knows why. That's completely acceptable to have people take that journey with our main characters, because that's what you're, really what you want. You want us to have the same surprises and discoveries that our main characters have, because they're the person we're identifying with. Okay, I'm going to jump on two things there. And if you respond, we'll just kind of keep it short and we'll move on. Okay. One, the viewer needs to have some connection to baby Yoda to really care about the child. Or Yoda, That's, I should no, say. The eyes. The eyes do it. Those baby eyes. Those childlike eyes. Those baby eyes. eyes. I mean, I guess that's true. Two, quote unquote, magic is different than the Force. And shouldn't these characters know, since the series takes place after Return of the Jedi, what the Force is? I mean, there's been Reign of the Sith Lord. There's been Jedi. Luke defeated Darth Vader and all of that. I mean, shouldn't that all that be widely known across the galaxy? What that's what the Force is. Yes, I would agree with you there that the Force amongst the common people should be pretty much. I mean, not pretty much, just understood that there are certain people who have these kind of magical powers. I mean, even Jar Jar's people when they hear about these Jedi and he says something, oh yeah, Maxi Big the Force. It's supposed to help you out because I've heard obviously they've heard of what the Force is. So. I agree that that seems like a, a small plot hole, but then again, we don't know what the lives are like on these people on these on these backwater planets. I mean, we're out in the outer rim again. Um, I mean, yeah, the we're only... on the outer rim, but the Mandalorian certainly is probably pretty well traveled. I mean, if you're a bounty hunter, no, but he's not though. He's not. He see, he's not from Mandalore. He's from a different planet. He was saved by the Mandalorians. They could have never had any interaction with the Jedi. Um, they don't show us a whole lot of what kind of technological and cultural advantages that that society had while it was being attacked attacked by the droids, but we don't know what their what their exposure to the greater galaxy and the Jedi are. I mean, the one character in the modern day you, at least, but in the past, right? Yeah. Okay. I think the two characters who probably should have a knowledge of the Force who surprisingly didn't would be um, the Nick Nolte character Quill, and. Um, Again, the the Mandalorian armorer. I don't know if she has a name or not. Just, no, she's you know. just the armorer, played by yeah. Emily Swallow. So, yeah, you would think that she, the armorer would probably have a history of the interaction of Mandalorians versus the Jedi, as you said, if they went to uh, war, um, the history of that. But that's fine. That's a small plot hole. I'm just saying, as a viewer, um, it's a little strange to, like, think about magic but but i got you we can take the ride along there if you if you haven't had a star wars experience and this is your first experience you can certainly um enjoy that i i i get you there but do you think the mandalorian is a net gain for the star wars universe 100 percent. yeah i mean just because of baby has... yoda no god man <laughs> you need to let it go <laughs> yes yeah baby yoda is really cute i get it yeah um, wait he, one day when he one weekend <laughs> He went to the beach and he was really fed up with how crowded the beach was. And he just he just exclaimed, man, look at all these sand people. No, 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 not that one. Not come that on. One, no. Come on. No. Uh, oh, all right. Because well, sand people, sand people don't hang out on the beaches. Well, I know that, Travis. OK, let's move on. <laughs> so it's a net gain beyond Baby Yoda. Why? <laughs> where do i begin oh my god keep it kind just, of brief <laughs> is that i that you know who are you talking to you asked me because of this stuff that's why you brought me on the show yes um yeah i mean talk about world building and just giving us a fresh perspective on star wars that we're not just stuck on the skywalker saga forever you know i mean 
I, I love the old trilogy. I love the cartoons uh, that they've done. I've already said that I'm not very, I, I don't, yeah, the prequels suck. I'm sorry. They have great moments, but the, as far as they fit in, the, 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 they're just a bag of hurt. And, you know, as, as we're a little bit getting further and further away from the current trilogy, that just the sequel trilogy just wrapped up, I'm not, it's so lackluster. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just something about it just, I don't know. But the Mandalorian, man, it really just captured that, that wonder and that joy. And because it's not tied up to this whole, you know, Jedi versus Sith thing, I think it, it's surprising and refreshing because I really don't know where this can go. I mean, we can assume it's going to be the basic, you know, hero's arc, and it's going to tap into a lot of mythology. It's going to tap into Westerns. It's going to tap into samurai movies because that's what was influencing George Lucas when he first From hatched this brain. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, but those things are what makes it feel like Star Wars and, and like the old school Star Wars. It really brings it back to that. And It does. It so feels exciting. like Rogue One and A New Hope. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah, it definitely feels like Rogue One. It feels so much like that same tone. Gritty. The, um, yep. Yep. Yes. There's a little bit of melancholy in there, but there's also fun and, and there's jokes and excitement. I mean, my wife and I were at the edge of our... Okay, so let me tell you a little funny thing. I hope she doesn't beat me up for this. Is this we as watched, funny uh, as my Baby Yoda jokes? Not even close. Okay. Episode 7, we watched it before um, going to see Rise of Skywalker and... You know, because it come up a couple days early, right? It was Wednesday night instead of its usual uh, airtime. Episode and... seven, for those of you who are a little bit confused of where we are, the Mandalorian gets a message to come back and give the child up as a trap for us, the the Imperial troopers. So go ahead. Mm, the client, yeah. So yes, he, you know, he he. He does. He knows it's a trap, so they're getting ready for it. He goes and gets his friend, his posse, and they all go together. And they said, okay, this is how we're going to deal with this because we need to end this at the source or else I'm never going to be able to be free of, of being hunted down. This kid is never, definitely never going to be safe. So he says, I'm going to take the battle back to them. Yeah. So at the end, this, is, this really does feel like a two-parter, right? Um, at the end of that one, the child gets taken by the Imperials, the bad guys, and we lose one of our beloved characters in the process. And she went into... Rise of Skywalker, and I mean, she was concerned about the fate of the child, Baby Yoda. She was like, I, I'm really, I just, I need to know what happened to Baby Yoda. And we walked, we walked out of Star Wars, or, you know, Rise of Skywalker, and I, that was one of the first things she said. It's like, man, I just, I really need to know what happened to Baby Yoda. And she even said something along the lines of, um, well, at least the Rise of Skywalker told me that he's okay because I know he wasn't one of the voices speaking to Ray, so she wasn't dead. <laughs> wow! That... So I, I, talk about extrapolation—that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she. So, uh, I don't know if uh, causation explains that, but uh, I, I like where she was going to that with that. Um, yeah, obviously we we feared for the child's life, and we are happy that. He was rescued by the Mandalorian in Chapter Eight: Redemption. I wasn't. I wasn't fearing for the child's life. I really thought the child was going to kill both those uh, biker scouts. I thought he was going to, he would sense he's in danger, just like he did when the droid had him at gunpoint aboard the, the, the Razor Crest. And I thought he was just going to, you know, crush the speeder bikes and the guys would fall off and go tumbling down a cliff. I don't know. I really thought he'd be able to handle himself. So it was a bit, well, as jarring as it was to see those two guys punch the poor child, <laughs> I was really surprised the child didn't react. That would have been a, a kind of interesting, uh, even aside, if they... They, they like lived, but he gave them some pain. That would have been kind of interesting. But what did you think in the final episode, the IG-11 um, doing what he did? And, brilliant. No, nope, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. 
Really, yeah. I mean, I, I wish that we could have spent more time with that character. I thought what Taiko Waititi would did with that character was awesome. I loved having that presence at, with the group. I even thought it was kind of cool to have this, <laughs> what we used to be an assassin, be a nursing bot. And but at the same, it totally makes sense that the, that he would have, you know, he would sacrifice himself to sort of show the Mandalorian for the Mandalorian to develop and get rid of this this hatred and fear of droids to finally see one droid break all that down um so it makes sense from a story point of view that's exactly how it'd go down but it was it was heartbreaking i didn't want to see that guy go but i didn't want to see quill go either but they were kind of a package at that point right so it makes sense that they would go together yeah the only thing i didn't love from the very end of that was uh moff gideon the the main bad guy in that episode it seems like they were kind of let go they they went down in the culvert and no one followed them for a, a while and then they talked to the armorer and no one followed them for a while and then they came upon you know 15 stormtroopers at the end and uh, ig11 got them all and no one else was around for a little while and then all well, stormtroopers sudden... chased them down into the sewers they ig11 took care of those guys because she said ig unit go protect us and then he came back and says you've been protected or something like that i mean he took out a bunch of stormtroopers down in the sewers so they yeah. did pursue him down there i know I know, I know that but it just didn't feel like a, a full-on chase with all of the all of the um guides that they had at the um you know out in front of the bar or whatever it just seemed like a few of them would go down and get killed and then a few more would go down and get killed but um you know the hero needs to escape as well so well, I will say this, and this I think this kind of agrees with your point. I'm not so troubled by the fact that they didn't send all their troops into the sewers to flush these guys out. Um, you know, and they had a squad or whatever um, try to ambush them at the mouth of the Lava River. But I'll tell you what did bother me was that as soon as the Mando crashed Gideon's TIE fighter and came back, um, Grief and Kara, they acted like it was all over. That was a little sudden. That was jarring. Like, okay, great. Now Navarro is a great planet to live on again. This is awesome. Let's uh, let's settle in. And like, there probably yeah. are still. Feel free to make sure that guy's dead. Yeah. Well, that, and then I'm sure there's still plenty of stormtroopers left in town. And then on top of that, it didn't seem like any more bounty hunters lived in town. It looked like the Imper- the Imperials had wiped it all out or pushed them out. So, you know, grief car- grief's gonna go back there. And where's his people? I mean, yeah. bar shot up, but where's the people? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll, that was a we'll joke. get that in uh, season two. Maybe there'll be some more explanation or they have to do some more cleanup or whatnot. But yeah. it'll, that'll be interesting. We'll have a future episode on uh, maybe where the Mandalorian can go. Um, one final... Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. no one no, no. final. Come wait, on. Wait, wait, what wait, was wait. your favorite episode? What was your favorite episode? Oh, okay. Um, I, I guess I liked the episode where he went back and got the child because we knew he was going to do it, but just the way he did it and you really um, saw that he was badass. Episode kick, three. Kicking butt, episode three, and yeah. getting the child. And, you know, um, we knew that we were in for a good time. And then in the future, Baby Yoda would be playing with the ship and uh, creating memes for the future. So that was awesome. What about you? What was your favorite episode? Yeah. I, I mean, the ending, the, the last two episodes were phenomenal. I think episode three is when I, I finally just sat and said, okay, this is, this is definitely worth my time. I love watching this show. Episode three. And I liked that they, it seemed like the, uh, it was going to be episodic um, adventures. I was, I got a little worried when the middle three episodes came out, um, four, five, and six. Um, 
and you know, I kept saying to myself, I really hope they're building towards something because this start for a, for a show that only has eight episodes, there is no room for filler, guys. And Dave Filoni is a little known for filler when it comes to his previous shows. There's, but then again, he for some reason somehow he he knows. I think he knows, and it's almost like his little challenge to the audience, like. I know you think this is filler right now, but I'm going to slip this in at the very end. You're going to say, oh, crap, I should have been paying better attention to what I thought was filler before. <laughs> um, so he is notorious for that kind of that that storytelling um, tactic. And it came through in this one as well. And I'm sure we'll see those three uh, henchmen again that he locked up in the prison cell on the prison transport. I ser- yeah. I'm sure we'll see Bilber. at least uh, one or two of those again in a future season as well. Well, what do oh, you yeah, th- they're being set up. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause. <laughs> so what do you think of it as a standalone experience um, on its own? We've talked a little bit about that, but give your final impressions of the series uh, so far through eight episodes in one full year. Yeah, if you're hungry for, for sci-fi, um, yes, it's not perfect, but it's really good. It's pretty... Um, I mean, it's better that we have it than we didn't. That's the way I see it. Regardless if you're a Star Wars fan or not, I mean it's it's just a worthwhile show. It's got great production value. I mean, yeah, it it's does. not. It, 4K is a little unforgiving to some of the effects that are going in there, but for the most part, I thought it was it was great. I mean, the production value, the storytelling. Um, can you imagine the fact that we're? I mean, I know it's been done before, but we're watching and invested in a character who is almost always behind a mask and a puppet. What the hell? This, this is awesome. We're all I mean, in, baby. John no, Favreau. No pun kudos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, Travis, did you know that Baby Yoda was once a Hollywood agent? I did know that. No, I didn't know that. Sorry. Yeah, he was once a Hollywood agent. Unfortunately, all the big name celebrities fired him because he was a Star Destroyer. <sighs> yeah, these are going downhill now. Or maybe I'm just, I don't know. I'm thick-skinned. He was a Star Destroyer. He got fired by the celebrities. Do I have to explain it? Oh. Well, there was another time when Baby Yoda was having a bad day. And this young Jedi came up to him and told him a joke. And he smiled. And he said, you know what? You're really a ray of sunshine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you want to cut me off, don't you? (laughs) That, no, we're good. Should okay. I say that again? Because it was a little flubby. Did you know that one time Baby Yoda was having a bad day? And this young Jedi came up to him and said a joke. And he said, you know what? You're really a ray of sunshine. Gosh, dang it. Just go with the first one. It was all natural. You got keep, your no, I'm keeping there. both of those. I am keeping both of those. Yes. Well, not the set. You can't do both. You got to keep yes, both I of them, can. but not the two rays. There you go. Okay. Don't right, die. Don't that die out. me. Yeah. I need you for I'm a future dying. episode, buddies. You're, All right. Your jokes are killing me. All right. That'll about do it for the Baby Yoda jokes. Not really. <laughs> Did you hear what, the one about the Wookiee? Uh oh. No. Mm-mm. All right. One more, folks, and then we're gonna call it a night. I promise. So one time, Baby Yoda met Chewbacca, and he said, "Wow, you're really tall." Chewbacca said, man, that's kind of annoying. How old are you? Baby Yoda said, Wookie, you like to know. You want me to put a sound effect in there for you? You could probably cut that whole thing out. No, I'll leave it. I'll put some laugh track in there. 
<laughs> Don't do that. All right. Travis, anything else? Let's start this again. Travis, I'm out of jokes. Anything else before we call it a night? Oh, man. Okay. Travis, we're done. We're wrapping it up. No more baby Yoda jokes. I'm so sorry, folks. Next time. But right now, folks, you can find us on Before the ZW on Twitter. That's the number, that's the letter B, I should say. The number four, the ZW on Twitter. We're Before underscore the underscore Z Wing on Instagram and Before the Z Wing on Facebook. So for Travis. I do have something extra. Wait, wait, I do have something extra to say. Yes. Go. So since we're talking about Star Wars TV shows, um, Clone Wars, they're going to finally air their final, their season, their last season, season seven for that show. Um, I'm thinking we should do like a, a preview like we did for Rise of Skywalker, like our what our hopes and desires are and um, maybe cook up like a an essential watch list for people who are trying to catch up to Clone Wars so they can participate in that. Because the Darksaber is in there. You got to watch the Darksaber. Exactly. Well, since I know you have already cooked up an episode list, we should probably do that. So let's do that. Yes. Coming up soon. I believe that's February 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we got to get that list out quickly. So stay tuned, listeners. Yeah, so we need to get that list out. Stay tuned. (laughs) And I need to learn more about the Clone Wars, which I will, so we can talk about it. And that'll be a future episode. Our next episode is all about my favorite military tactic i've seen in star wars that's the holdo maneuver and that'll be coming up soon we talk all about it why it was used why she did it why it hasn't been used uh before and we really dive into that topic so that's a fun episode coming up in just a few days but for right now for travis i'm stefan this has been b4zw never underestimate a droid